right, all right, all right. It's Christmas Eve, Saturday, December 24th, 2022, at St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. We're going to go straight to the homily instead of uh, having a lector uh, for this service uh, because I decided, for better or worse, not to have all of the readings as part of the podcast. Um, The Old Testament prophecy is from Zechariah 9, so that's different, but you will not hear it. And sometimes a gospel reading that I include and sometimes I don't include uh, is John 1, verses 1 through 5 and 10 through 18. And I am included. I did include that. I'm including it on Christmas Eve this year, after which the Christ candle will be lit. But we're going to go straight to the homily. Uh, there was a point during the service where I thought of something that applied to the homily that I could uh, could say and stick in there. Um And I will even say during the homily uh, that I thought of that during the service. So, I apologize for those or to those who may have wanted to hear the scriptures, the lessons of lessons and carols. Um, And I'll see you on on the other side with our outro. Emmanuel, God is with us. One of my favorite beliefs and one of the themes of my sermons over the years, the presence of God. In Jesus of Nazareth, from a passage in Isaiah 7, which was read here last Sunday and invoked in our Matthew reading, Joseph and we are told God is with us. Believing Jesus is still alive because of the resurrection and that he is part of the Godhead, God is with us. Always. Always. Now it's true that people of faith believed God was with them long before the prophecy to Ahaz or Zechariah, long before Joseph's dream and before Jesus was born. Some of you might already be thinking of Psalm 139, where we hear, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle in the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. For some of us, God and Christ are real because God gave us a special event or experience where we had a profound sense of the presence of God. It could be the foundation of one's faith, this event or experience, or at least of your faith in Emmanuel, that God is indeed with us. It's not just something somebody says or that the Bible says. Maybe the psalmist was reflecting on his own personal journey with God. The fact that God became one of us in the mystery of the Incarnation, where it's believed Jesus was fully human and fully divine, God, through Jesus, knows what it is like to walk among us, to be one of us, to always be present with you, me, our neighbors, our classmates and co-workers, and even, even if everybody else 
and every source of human empathy and solidarity that you know has checked out and left you, you are never alone. Never. Because Emmanuel, that, as we say, is very good news. One of my seminary classmates with whom I am Facebook friends very recently posted something from her senior pastor at her old home church in Indianapolis. She wrote, Carry these words from Reverend Christopher A. Henry's sermon into your Christmas celebrations. God is with us. And he wrote, which she uh, shared, For those whose lives are set in shadow, this is the light that will never be extinguished. Emmanuel, God is with us. For every one of us overwhelmed by anxious worry for the future, held back by regret over the pain of the past, this is the truth that despite all the lies we tell ourselves endures. God is with us. For all who need a ray of hope, a picture of peace, a song of joy, a rebirth of love, this is the message that still astonishes us. God is with us. And whenever we peel back all the layers of this complex story, there is one simple promise to which we can tether our lives in this and every season. When all is said and done, we will be saved by the presence of God. Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us in a way that might not present itself to us on the surface. Somewhere in the back of my fan's head, I remember former pro baseball or football players commenting on head coaches or managers who never played the game themselves or never at a high level. What is the respect like for that head coach or manager among the professional athletes? Is there a feeling that, hey man, you didn't play the game, you don't really know what you're talking about other than X's and O's. What can you teach me about hitting if you never spent a single season in the majors? Or how about enlisted men and women in the armed forces who are under the authority of someone from ROTC who never served like they did, not in the same way? Is there a point of contact? A point of contact. When I was treated for prostate cancer and ran into anyone who had also been diagnosed and treated for it, there was an instant bond between us. When I find myself among fellow pastors, there is usually an immediate dimension of relationship between us because we have a decent idea and understanding of what the other goes through. When I meet a fan of the Twins or Vikings or Golden Gophers in the Chicago area, like expats, we have a link to each other and for conversation, if not friendship, right off the bat. Same with someone who also attended the same seminary as I. In, in the United Church of Christ, not very many people did attend the same seminary I did. 
Now, this is not unique to me, of course. Running into someone who went to the same high school or college or worked at the same company as that you did or do gives you a connection to them. Meeting with someone who shares the same nation of origin or small town or who also had a 1968 Camaro or a Camaro at all from the classic days or who served in Vietnam is homeschooled or did homeschooling, or is active in theater, and on and on. These all establish a point of contact that's usually pleasant and uplifting unless something goes wrong. Point of contact. Emmanuel. God is with us. In Exodus, when the Lord first talks to Moses through the burning bush, the Lord said that he had heard the cries of the enslaved Hebrews. He even said, Indeed, I know their sufferings. The word for know there in Hebrew is the same Hebrew word for know that we find in Genesis, where it says, Adam knew Eve, his wife. Yada is the Hebrew. So before Jesus, God did have an intimate knowledge of their horror, of their lives. But there's, this is more than that. Emmanuel, God with us in the second person of the Trinity, comes to us as a baby born into humble and even oppressive, thank you, Rome, circumstances. God with us always and everywhere by Jesus, a human being. There is an indisputable point of contact God makes with the whole human race. God is not human, but through Jesus became a human being, a status all of us share. Through Jesus, God with us always, we have a point of contact with the Lord that is everlasting, a point of contact for all of us as all of us are human. And thinking back briefly, I'm departing from my manuscript, but you know, sometimes you think of something when you're in the pew listening to the choir. And I thought, you know, somebody who is one of those athletes or somebody in the service, they might say, earn my trust, earn my respect. I'll give you a chance. Let me just, let's see what you got. And maybe you'll earn my trust, earn my respect. And how, here's God one of us. What more could we ask for? This is God's doing, God's loving initiative to reach out and establish this point of contact with each and every one of us, whether we believe in God or not. God longs for relationship with us, especially in community. And because of tonight, what we mark tonight and tomorrow morning, it can happen. God did not go to the same school work at the same company, or root for the same teams you or I do. Yes, God does not root for our teams. But in Jesus we meet a God who has something deeply in common with us, profoundly in common with us, the experience of being human. Even to the point of Jesus' experience of God-forsakenness on Calvary. Emmanuel. God really is with us, always, for everyone.
Amen. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed preaching it. Um, I did like that message, and uh, the part that I I said I, I thought of something during the service and, and injected it into the body of the homily, I, these thoughts do come to me once in a while during a service, I'd say maybe three or four times a year, but I'd rarely follow up on that thought to work it in there because what might happen is that I will go ahead and add this thought or illustration that had come to mind, but then I got to work my way back into the manuscript, and that's sometimes not done very artfully. So I usually avoid this, but I believe it worked this time, and and I'm grateful for that. Um, So I wanted to mention that as part of my thinking process, too. The other thing I will mention is that this Emmanuel point of contact is really part of two, part one of two, Christmas Day. Um, That uh, homily is called uh, Emmanuel Homo Por Alice which if you listen to that podcast, I will explain what that Latin means. Um, But they're both about Emmanuel and what it means uh, for God in Jesus and what it means for us. So I hope you'll have a chance, uh, if you're so moved and have, like I said, have the chance, to listen to the Christmas Day homily also. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. And may God bless your holy days your upcoming new year. And may God bless this week. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.